Ah, good morning, folks. It's 9.08, exactly right now. And it's uh, October 23rd, a Monday. 72 degrees inside our studios, 36 outside here on Columbus Road. Yeah, had to let the uh, windshield defrost a bit this morning. And they say it's going to peak out around 65 degrees. That should be around 3 p.m. And then uh, really close to the freezing mark overnight. All right. Well, that's that's it's that time of year, isn't it? And um, Don's here too. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, yeah, so you know, looking at the forecast. They say a widespread frost today, mainly before 9, otherwise sunny with a high near 62. And over here I'm showing 65 could be the high. So these, these you know, these are forecasters, folks. They're doing their best to guess based upon their knowledge and what they see. Anyway, calm wind. Um, let's see. Tonight, mostly clear with a low around 38. Tomorrow's Tuesday, sunny, with a high near 73, so a bit warmer, right? And a very light south wind. And uh, looking ahead, let's see here. Let's just kick out the uh, highlights. Wednesday, 73. Thursday, 75. Friday, 76. Saturday, 74. Sunday, 71. <laughs> well, you get the idea. Not a great deal of difference. So, uh, good morning. Today, a free-for-all edition. Looking ahead, uh, the next three days we'll have guests. Um, tomorrow, Lieutenant Gillette will be here from the Athens County Dog Shelter. You know, I've known so many people who are so passionate about pets. And we are too, I might add. And it's, there's just so many great stories. And of course, there's some sad ones too, but uh, we'll, be, we'll, we'll get up to date with Lieutenant Gillette. And, um, you know, the, uh, are, there, are the problems the same that they were a year ago or two years ago or three? Or are they? Are there some uniquenesses, and um, and how does one uh, deal with these these pets, and um, that are that don't have homes, right? Okay, we'll do that tomorrow, Lieutenant Gillette, Athens County Dog Shelter. On Wednesday, Matt Starkey will be joining us. Uh, he represents Athens County Children's Services, and uh, we have them on. Oh, I don't know two or three times a year because, golly, their work is so important as well. Then on uh, Thursday, um, you know, we've got, um, let's see here, Ohio Health in Oblenis. What a great organization. Tara Giltz is one of their um, key people there. Um, I've known her a long time, great gal. Tara's going to talk about the guilt holiday open house. And, um, boy, they do some nice things for the community. So uh, that'll be our topic on Thursday. Oh, I'm looking ahead here, even a week or so, and I see Teresa Embler is going to be in. She heads up our 911 EMS center. So uh, that should be interesting. All right, but anyway, that's uh, that's this coming week. Um, dog shelter tomorrow, children's services on Wednesday, and uh, Ohio Health Oblenis's Guilt Holiday Open House on Thursday. But today, a free-for-all. There you go. So, let's see here. Where should we begin? Um, let's see, we often do... Um, on this day in history, right? Yes. 
So let's uh, let's compare our notes on this one. Um, okay, so the date is, as I mentioned earlier, October twenty third. It's a Monday, folks. The year is twenty twenty three. On this very date of October twenty third, but in the year nineteen eleven, the first aerial reconnaissance mission is flown by an Italian pilot over Turkish lines during what was entitled the Italo-Turkish War. 1911. 1942, during World War um, II, on this date, Britain launches a major offensive, the El- Alamein, that was in Egypt. Uh, 1977, on this date of October 23rd, paleontologist Elso Barghun announces discovery of a 3.4 billion year old one-celled fossil, one of the earliest life forms on earth you know i'm you know i'm not doubting this at all but i just it's always amazing to me how they can determine such things they find a fossil and then they examine it very carefully and then they eventually announce that it's 3.4 billion years old it's amazing. Uh, but I'm easily amazed, I might add. <laughs> All right, 1981 on this date. U.S. national debt hits one trillion bucks. 2001. The Provisional Irish Republican Army of Northern Ireland commences disarmament after peace talks. Okay, let's see here. Let's do some birthdays. You know, I've heard of this person, but I don't know why. Chichi Rodriguez. Um, you know, Chichi Rodriguez it has a certain ring to it, so it has certainly registered in my um, my memory banks. But he is uh, celebrating today his 88th birthday. Now, what was his thing? He is a Puerto Rican professional golfer, oh. the, the winner of eight PGA Tour events. He was the first Puerto Rican to be inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame. It has started to come back to me. All right, let's see. Another one, Michael Crichton, born in 1942 on this date. He passed a few years back in 2008. Mr. Crichton. He was an American writer and filmmaker. His books have sold over 200 million copies worldwide and over a dozen have been adapted into films. His literary works heavily feature technology and are usually within the science fiction, techno-thriller, and medical fiction genres. And some of his most famous uh, movies were Westworld, Coma, The First Great Train Robbery, Looker, and Runaway, and he was also the creator of the famed television series ER, and his most famous novel that was, a, or novels that were adapted into films were the Jurassic Park franchise. Oh. Well, the last two, ER and Jurassic Park, I was familiar with, the, at least I, to some degree, but most of those other titles I had not heard. Oh, well, very good. Michael Crichton, but he he passed in 2008. Okay, here's one we should all know. Johnny Carson. Uh, the Tonight Show, right? Johnny Carson, born in this date in 1925. And he passed in 2005. Just, um, I know you have a long list in front of you, but 
hit some of the highlights. Uh, he was an American television host, comedian, writer, and producer, best known as the host of The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson, which ran from 1962 until 1992. Yeah. He received six Primetime Emmy Awards, the Television Academy's 1980 Governor's Award, and a 1985 Peabody Award. He was inducted into the Television Academy Hall of Fame in 1987, and he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1992 and received a Kennedy Center honor in 1993. Remarkable. Um, I met him once. And um, he was just so easy to communicate with. You felt like uh, instantly like um, you two were friends. And uh, he had that knack of, of making everybody feel rather comfortable and enjoyable. Okay, now here's a name I know. The picture doesn't look terribly familiar to me, although I've seen pictures of this guy before, and this just isn't a customary picture for me. But I don't know much about him. I'm supposed to. Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> is alive. He's celebrating his 64th birthday today. He is an American musician best known for creating comedy songs that make light of pop culture and often parody specific songs by contemporary musicians. He also performs original songs that are style pastiches, P-A-S-T-I-C-H-E-S. I can't help. As I say, I don't know. Of the work of other acts as well as polka medleys of several popular songs, most of which feature his trademark accordion. And I've heard, I've heard a lot of his parody songs, and they are actually pretty funny, in my opinion. Weird Al Yankovic. Those, okay. Those who are tired of Weird Al is tired of life. <laughs> okay. That's, that's a quote from The Simpsons. <laughs> um, let's see, two famous deaths to uh, mention. Um, Al Jolson, of course. Um, he was born in 1886. He died on this date in 1950. Um he passed um, just a little bit after my birth, actually. Uh, Al Jolson, um, just refresh people on a few highlights there. He was a Lithuanian-American singer, actor, and vaudevillain. He was one of the United States' most famous and highest-paid stars in the 1920s and was self-billed as the world's greatest entertainer. He was known for his shamelessly sentimental, melodramatic approach towards performing, as well as for popularizing many of the songs he sang. Uh, he's best remembered today as the star of the first talking picture, The Jazz Singer, and he starred in a series of successful musical films during the 1930s. One more. Uh, this uh, in the category of famous deaths. W.G. Grace. Now, that name means nothing to me. I don't recognize it at all. I'll probably be embarrassed after you give the description, though. But he was born in 1848. He died on this date in 1915. And, uh, Mercy, they have a photograph of him here. And he has a mammoth dark beard. Otherwise, clean cut. Okay, Mr. Grace. He was an English amateur cricketer who was cricketer. A, yeah, sports. Who, okay. He was who was important in the development of the sport and is widely considered one of its greatest players. He was nominally amateur as a cricketer, but he is said to have made more money from his cricketing activities than any professional cricketer. He was an extremely competitive player, and although he was one of the most famous men in England, he was also one of the most controversial on account of his gamesmanship and money making. Hmm, gamesmanship. I wonder what they mean. What does that uh, kind of hint to you? Uh, maybe we can just let it go. All right, well, let's see here. Um, I, I, I'm looking for another report that I brought in. Oh, I know what it is. Here, grab that stack there. 
We've got in a, um, let me hand that one over there too. Thank you very much. Okay, we'll get our paperwork organized here. Um, this morning, well, every so often, I don't know, every couple of days or so, we get a report. And it's a rather detailed report. I mean, we're talking about uh, eight or ten pages, double-sided, okay? The one that came in today is entitled Safest States in America. Okay? Now, uh, they have um, subcategories, and then they have just overall, and so on and so forth. Um, and I think these are always interesting. Um, now, sometimes they go into so much detail on a particular point that um, I, I rather look at the summary results, if you will. And, and what do I mean by detail? Let me give you an example. Okay, so they look at, uh, so we're talking about safest states in America. So they got a category for personal and residential safety. They have a, a listing for financial safety. They have a listing for road safety, workplace safety, um, emergency preparedness. Well, you get the point. There's all these different um, ways they list it. But then they also do try to mesh them all together to just give an overall ranking. Okay, so safest states in America. And this uh, just was um, released today. Now. Okay, I'm scanning this real quickly. Okay. Now, <clears throat> just think about the world. I'm sorry, not the world, our nation, Don. And um, what do you think might be the safest state in the United States. Now, you don't have this report in front of you. No. So I, I'm, making, I'm asking you to just guess. Somewhere in New England. You're on track. Okay. In fact, states number one, two, and three are all in New England. Number one is Vermont. <clears throat> okay. I love Vermont. <clears throat> My son Nick used to run a um, resort up in Vermont. Number two, Maine. That would have been my number one, so I guess I was real close. You were real close. And again, I've spent a lot of time in Maine. I actually worked on a lobster boat one whole summer <laughs> uh, out of Rockland, Maine. My mom said that's where she would like to, if she ever won the lottery, that's where she would go and retire at his main. It is, it is wonderful, okay? In spite of the weather um, challenges, uh, it is wonderful. Okay, number three, New Hampshire, okay? Now, number four is Utah. Five, back up to Massachusetts. Six, Connecticut. Number seven. Uh, once again, we're talking about safest states in the U.S. Number seventh is Hawaii. Uh, then Minnesota, Rhode Island, Wyoming, Iowa, Washington State, Virginia th comes in 13th. Okay, well, we can't read all of these. But what we can do is tell you that West Virginia, just to our south, comes in 30th. And Ohio comes in 35th. <laughs> so let's go a little bit the other direction. What are the least safe 
Okay, so we'll go from the worst and then start to improve a little bit by a little bit. Coming in dead last, Louisiana. For, uh, just before them, Mississippi, then Arkansas, then Texas, then Florida is 46th out of 50. Alabama, 45th, Oklahoma, 44th, Colorado, 43rd, and, well, you have to stop somewhere. <laughs> but I just thought that was an interesting report. Well, here it is. We get maybe one or two such reports every week on some different topic. And I print them off. And I bring them into the studio, and I set them in a little uh, filing spot we have here. And sometimes Don and I will bring one out, but most of the time they, they sort of get overlooked. But I thought the titles are interesting, and I thought we could share a few of these reports. So we just did Safest States in America. Don... Um, What's uh, the title of the next one you have? 2023's Best and Worst Cities for Women. Worst Cities, Best and Worst Cities for Women. Okay, and, and once again, let's make sure we understand. This is a study of the United States, not yes. the world. Yes. Okay. Uh, the next one I have in my hand, and it's kind of a thick report is entitled 2023's Best and Worst Places to Retire. Okay. What's your next one? 2023's Best and Worst Cities for People with Disabilities. Okay. Uh, this next one says College and University Rankings going into the year 2024. Now, we'll stop a minute because guess what? We're a campus town, right? So we kind of need to see where things showed up here. So I'm turning through the pages. So they do not have, like, every school listed out, you know, in a listing. So what they do is... Okay... Student to fact, faculty ratio. Um, I'm sorry, it's this is a complicated report as you might expect. <coughs> Student selectivity, cost and financing. Faculty resources, campus safety, campus experience. Well, and, and then all of these categories that they look at go on quite a ways. It is not a simple listing. No. So, but we thought it would be interesting to let you know that they do do such things. What's your next one? 2023's Best Foodie Cities in America. Okay. Which I believe we have done this one. I think we've talked a little bit about it. Here's another one. States with the biggest bullying problems. Um, you know, and I, then, think I, I think we briefly talked about this one, too. Okay. And then they, they break it out, whether it's in just general society or in the school classrooms or, or what. Um, now, you do another. 2023's Happiest States in America. Now, that sounds like we could just trip into it a bit. Um, I guess. Yeah. What? Um, Based on em emotional and physical well-being, work environment, and community and environment. Okay. Well, 
You use your judgment and pick out some points. Um, well, okay, first of all, let's, let's say overall, what do they say is the happiest state? Utah. No kidding. Well, the Mormons, they're happy people. <laughs> I don't know if that's the exact reason or not. Well, but... it's not a negative thing. It's, no. <laughs> um, I, I find that amazing. Okay. Number two is what I would expect number one to be. Hawaii. Okay. Yes. Love there. Number three, Maryland. Number four, Minnesota. Huh. Number five, New Jersey. Number six, Connecticut. Okay, a few of these I'm a little bit surprised with. So let's get down to Ohio. <laughs> it's not good. Really? So I think it's like 37. Yeah, 37th. Okay. And you don't want to know what number 50 is. Yeah, I do. West Virginia. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway, and then, of course, each of these reports is not just a list. They go into a lot of detail in different categories where they each rank. And, like, West Virginia might be um, worst uh, overall, but it might be the best for hiking, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, I don't know. Okay. Another report we have here, uh, changes in inflation by city. Uh, this is a complicated one, so I'm just going to read the title and let that be it. Your turn. Uh, I don't have any more on me. Okay. <laughs> I only had four. Well. But they're, but they're very thick, so that's probably why. Yeah. Um, I'll do the last couple here. Best and worst cities to drive in. Okay. Um, oh, here's here's a, a general one. It's not quite of the same category, but it says the most popular museums in each state. I think we talked about that one too, because I think the one in Ohio was the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. Um. 2023's Best Foodie Cities in America. We had a similar report yes. over on your side. The one I had was more in-depth because I think that one's only about three or four pages, but mine was like 10. <laughs> 2023's Most and Least Diverse States in America. I got two more here. Uh, and we could have printed others as well. 2023 states with the highest job resignation rates. And then here's one that um, we really should look at a little bit to see if Athens shows up. I'm sure it does. <laughs> in any case, it's entitled 2023's Best Small Cities in America. And uh, let's see here. I'm just scanning it, but I see uh, Mason, Ohio shows up oh well they only rated um basically 100 cities so okay well anyway those are the kind of things that we have available to us and sometimes we we share them and of course sometimes we don't 937 now um Let's see here. Well, let's talk about some of the things in the news. Um, in the news, of course, we're covering the latest from the Israeli-Hamas war. As well as the House Speaker race as well as two other topics. One is artificial intelligence. The other is Halloween. Um, 
It's uh, the first story says waiting for an invasion. For more than a week, an Israeli ground invasion of Gaza has seemed as if it might begin any day. Troops and tanks have crowded the border. Israel has ordered Gazans to evacuate south. The military has showered missiles on the Hamas, Hamas bunkers to weaken the group. But, officially, no ground invasion has begun. Why the apparent delay? Well, one part of the answer is that the Israeli allies, led by President Biden, have asked for a pause. As our colleagues reported yesterday, President Biden spent much of yesterday on calls with Benjamin Netanyahu and leaders of several European countries. Western leaders have made it clear that they support Israel in invading Gaza to destroy Hamas after the, an October 7th terrorist attack that killed more than 1,400 people. But the leaders also hope to shape the coming invasion in four main ways. Well, what are they? First of all, hostages. The U.S. wants more time for hostage negotiations. This past Friday, the U.S. secured the release of two American hostages with uh, Qatar's help. Israel believes Hamas may release about 50 hostages who are citizens of another country as well as Israel. But a ground invasion could make hostage releases less likely. Another point, defense. Biden is worried about a wider regional conflict, potentially including Iran. American officials want more time to prepare for attacks from Iran-backed groups, which they believe will intensify after the invasion. The State Department has ordered some government employees and family members to leave the U.S. Embassy there in Baghdad, and the Pentagon is sending more missile defense systems to that region. Okay, so we've dealt with hostages, we've dealt with defense, let's now speak of aid. U.S. officials have stressed the importance of getting more food, water, and medicine to Palestinian civilians in southern Gaza. Over the weekend, two aid convoys passed into the territory. On a call yesterday, Biden and Netanyahu agreed that there will be there there will now be continued flow of humanitarian aid into Gaza. This is according to the White House. Uh, certainly not the final item, but the final one we're going to talk about today is strategy. President Biden has advised Israel to avoid the mistakes that the U.S. made after 9-11 when enraged after an attack. American officials pursued a war in Afghanistan and later one in Iraq with flawed strategies. And urban warfare in Gaza streets is notoriously difficult. U.S. Official, officials hope Israel uh, first takes the time to weaken Hamas through airstrikes and then plan a successful campaign that minimizes civilians' casualties. Um, yeah. Um, now, Stephen Erlinger, um, I think he's a reporter. 
Here's a quote from him. It says, It's been nearly a decade since our ground troops went into Gaza in even a significant way. Well, in the rest of the article that the Times put out today, uh, they talk about Well, they walked through the latest information on the hostages that Hamas is holding. Last week's explosion at the Gaza hospital and other incidents. Uh, we have much more on the Gaza hospital explosion, but um, if you paid attention to the news over the weekend, you've probably been well informed. They also have more information about some of the hostages. And some, some of them are uh, a bit unique. Well, if you'd like to see more, we encourage you to take a look at the New York Times website. Okay, let's set this stack over here. And talk about some other headlines. Let's see. A president, a billionaire, and questions about access and national security. Okay. Who are we talking about? Anthony Pratt is his name. And he's one of Australia's wealthiest men. He made his way into Donald Trump's inner circle with money and flattery. What he heard there has become of interest to federal prosecutors. So, um, I don't know what to make of this, but I think time will tell. Here's another uh, basic headline. It says, the race to save our secrets from the computers of the future. Quantum technology could comprise, I'm sorry, could compromise. Let's do this again. Quantum technology could compromise our encryption systems. Can America replace them before it's too late? That's the question. Well, high interest rates, um, they're stinging bankers, no, 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 bakers, mercy, what a mistake. How high interest rates are stinging bakers, farmers, and consumers, there, I got it out right. And uh, the blurb here goes on. Everyone who relies on credit in America is confronting a new reality. Money will cost more for a good long while. Oh, wonderful. Here's another guest essay that the New York Times uh, printed. The general topic is why Jews cannot stop shaking right now. Yeah, it's kind of frightening. And the subline goes on. Uh, huh. I think this is. Can we look up a word? Yes. Pogroms, P-O-G-R-O-M-S. I have a feeling there's a typo here, but I want to make sure. What is a program? An organized massacre of a particular ethnic group, in particular that of Jewish people in Russia or Eastern Europe in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Well, it is then what it says. Okay, I've learned a new word today. Yeah, I've never heard of that either. 
So the headline reads, Why Jews Cannot Stop Shaking Right Now. And then the, the subline goes, The reverberations of pogroms past are shaping the reaction of Jews to Hamas's attacks on Israel. In that sense, it makes sense. Yes. But I learned a new word. World News. 9.48 now, by the way. Um, in fact, let me reach over here and update a button just to see how we are. We were at 36 degrees last time we checked. It's now 41. And we're talking about here in Columbus Road. World news. In Gaza, northern Gaza, the price of a ride south is out of reach for many. Israel continues to ramp up its calls for Gazans to evacuate. But the trip can cost hundreds of dollars, up from $3 a person before the war. Wow. Okay. Let's see. Down in Argentina, we have a far-right candidate heads to a runoff in Argentina election. Javier Malay, a far-right libertarian, performed worse than polls predicted and will still face Sergio Massa, Argentina's economy minister, next month. Australia, after bruising vote, indigenous Australians say reconciliation is dead. The rejection of the indigenous voice to parliament is likely to lead to an irreversible shift in the nation's re relationship with its first peoples. Okay. Um, this is kind of disturbing. It says three weapons that Israel and the Ukraine both need from us, the U.S. Okay. Ukraine and Israel are fighting different kinds of wars, but some weapon systems could soon be in short supply if the fighting continues for months. Okay, that's going to put us in a mess. Here are two countries that we are not... I, I, I want to say that we're friends with both. Whether that's an accurate statement is maybe up for question. But basically, I think we'd, we would like to see them both be fine. And yet, they're fighting and they need munitions and weapons. And they're turning to our nation to receive supplies. That puts us in a mess. Because if we help either of them, it's going to annoy the other. Not to mention, are we favoring one over the other? I don't have any answer for this, and I simply raise the issue because it seems to be something that's certainly being questioned. Okay, I'm getting a little bit annoyed. I, I hope this is not troubling to you, what I'm about to say. Why can't we have a Speaker of the House? <laughs> have we ever gone through this kind of mess before? No, we talked about this on Friday. Well, for poor, forgive my poor memory. 
But I cannot ever recall. Now, I'm only 74 years of age, but I got involved with some government stuff as early as my mid-teens. And I'm going to say some of the Washington crowd. But I don't recall, even in my history books, ever reading of a time when we there wasn't a Speaker of the House. Yeah, when I looked it up on Friday, they said really the only time there has not been was when someone passes away or when someone resigns. And that's a brief... Yeah, but this is the longest time it's gone without someone not being the Speaker. And what are we getting done without a speaker? Nothing. Well, I think it's, I'm personally just a little bit embarrassed that it's happening. I do not have someone I can say, I hope so-and-so becomes the speaker. I, I don't have a preferred member. I just want them to fix it and get on with business. Okay. There are a couple that I have heard of that would like to be speaker, and I don't see too much wrong with any of them. But what a mess. Okay, well, that's all I'm going to say. I've already said more than I intended. Olive oil. We think of it for cooking, of course. Well, so far as I know, it is its only purpose. But business says why olive oil is so expensive right now. Prices have more than doubled as extreme weather hit crops in Spain, Italy, and elsewhere. The upcoming harvest is not looking much better, so that drizzle of oil on your salad may remain costly. I'll be darned. Okay, let's see here. The federal deficit is growing. They say tax receipts dipped unexpectedly this year. The Biden administration blames Republican tax cuts. But according to the Times, the truth is more complicated. But do they give me a clue here why? No. I guess we'll have to look into it. Once again, looking ahead, tomorrow our topic will be the Athens County Dog Shelter. And I think um, Lieutenant Gillette, I can't remember his first name. Good guy, though. He uh, heads that up, I think. And so he'll be in. We'll talk about the dog shelter, which is like halfway out to the plane, uh, to Chansey, I meant to say. On Wednesday, Matt Starkey will be here, and we'll be talking about Athens County Children's Services. Thursday, Tara Giltz, another good friend, coming out to talk about the Gilt Holiday Open House being held with Ohio Health of Blennis. And uh, folks, um, not to mention like competitors or anything like that, the timing's bad, but if you have not been down Columbus Road lately, I highly suggest you do. Take a little alternate uh, trip down Columbus Road because Memorial Hospital is underway. And what we've talked about, the fact that it's being built almost like Legos, modular chunks they 
bring in, they lift on a crane, they put them on top of one another and stack them and put them in a row. And all this hospital had been pre-assembled and tested over in Pennsylvania. Now they're taking it back apart, hauling it over here and reconnecting all the pieces. It's fascinating. Well, what's new in your life, Don? Um, nothing really. <laughs> <laughs> I really also said <laughs> caught you off guard, eh? Say nothing really. Just you know, living on my own now. I guess that's fun. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun actually. Good. Get home. It's all nice and quiet. <laughs> the only thing I hear as soon as I come home is just meows from my cat just being like yeah you're home and then right after it just gets real quiet she's like all right you're home i'm going back to sleep how old is your cat uh we we think she's about a year and a half old okay maybe or, a little bit male or female female okay and you've had her most of her life yes we got her in i think september 25th of last year so we found her we, we at least we estimate she was about six months old well, I know Lieutenant Gillette is in charge of the catch, uh, the dog shelter tomorrow. Um, he's our guest, but uh, maybe he can tell us a little bit about the uh, feline scene as well. Folks, uh, we are out of time. Say, um, I might, say I might have to talk to him about about that too. <laughs> yeah, sure. In case I do decide to get a dog, and, and but she doesn't like dogs, so but well, well they'll well, really, they can learn. Yeah. <laughs> We had a dog over one time, and every time they walked by each other, cat just hissed at it. <laughs> yep. Well, she's an only child. <laughs> fair enough, folks. I think we've got a nice week in front of us. Take care out there, and we'll see you right away tomorrow. In our seventy-third year.